This is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 in two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and my lotto rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. This podcast is supported by Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. RVs are for sharing adventures with family, friends, and even your pets. So if you bring your cats and dogs along for the ride, you'll want Progressive RV insurance. They protect your cats and dogs like family by offering up to $1,000 in optional coverage for vet bills in case of an RV accident, making it a great companion for the responsible pet owner who loves to travel. See Progressive's other benefits and more when you quote RV insurance at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet injuries and additional coverage and subject to policy terms. Listen closely. That's not just paint rolling on a wall. It's artistry. A master painter carefully applying Benjamin Moore Regal Select Eggshell with deftly executed strokes. The roller, lightly cradled in his hands, applying just the right amount of paint. Hmm. It's like hearing poetry in motion. Benjamin Moore, see the love. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome to One Shots, a Dum Dums and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot, and I'm here to welcome you to the second session of Star Trek Adventures. This arc features our GM, Tom McGee. Ryan LaPlante is Security Officer Spork. 
Tyler Hewitt as Dr. Bartosh Karai, Laura Elizabeth as Engineer Emery Tor, and the mysterious Kristen as Science Officer Emily Cobalt. Having found a berth at Narendra Station, the crew of the Redundancy have repaired their ship and are making use of the station's facilities. Dr. Bart bonded with their new captain, while Spork and Cobalt went to the same bar with very different agendas. What's gonna go down next? Nobody knows cause it's one shot! Star Trek Edition. Why do you think we're being undersupplied? Because what evidence do you have? Admiral Sims said he would make us redundant and put us in situations until we die. We are not receiving a full upgrade, but at the same time, they are doing equal or superior upgrades on a Klingon ship. They have stripped us of our own engineering crew to repair another ship while we are docked. Is my drink ready? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the hologram uh, turns around and it sort of puts it down in front of you and says, hope you enjoy, and then kind of goes down the bar to serve a couple of them. So I... Uh I take my drink, and I hold it in my hand. It feels cold. feels nice. And I just sigh. And then I down it in one go and slam it down. Yeah. All okay, right. I'm in. Excellent. Okay. A single alcoholic beverage calms the nerves. So, Cobalt, you slam your drink down, and you kind of uh, slide, you slide the, the data pad over, and you kind of look left, look right. You think you're in the clear, the... the um, uh, bartender seems to be busy, so you begin to, to fiddle with uh, the data pad. So I'm going to give that to you as a daring and security role and uh, difficulty of one. And you're assisting uh, Spork. Uh, we're going to call that uh, daring in command. What do you do? Knowing that I need to create a distraction that will draw the bar's attention, I immediately pick up the mug, yell, this drink is empty, and hurl it at the Klingons. All right, roll those dice. I roll two failures. Uh, one pass, one fail. Great. So, um, Cobalt, you've done this sort of stuff before. It's really not a hugely difficult task for you. And then all of a sudden, Spork very helpfully stands up and yells things and throws a glass. Um, however, it is distracting. Uh, so you manage to, uh, to hack into the data pad. However, uh, I'm going to spend a point of threat. And the glass shatters against a Klingon's face. So the Klingon stands up. You can see his shoulders tense. He turns around. But he's kind of got a little smile and a glint in his eye like he's been waiting for someone to do something like this. He says, Vulcan, you dare to interrupt my drinking? Correct. He uh, flips a chair. He says, then you and I will battle. And you hear his uh, sort of at his table. Someone goes, sit down, sit down. And he kind of waves them off, and you hear another one say, That's the Grand Admiral, you fool, and says, It is not, and I care not. And uh, fists raised, he lets out a mighty Klingon battle roar, and he rushes towards you. And silent, moving like an alpha predator of the water, I stride towards him. My muscles loose, unlike his tense one, knowing that I am prepared for this conflict, and he is intoxicated. Cut to uh, Emery Tor. So you are sitting quietly at a terminal, uh, far away from all the, mm -hmm. the glass breaking and hacking of one room and all the drunken ruminating <laughs> of the captain's <laughs> chambers. Um, so uh, you're looking into sort of what's happened on Trill, um, so on and so forth. Rather than uh, recant the or recount the history of Star Trek to you, uh, essentially, since we're at the end of DS9, um, near the end of DS9, start of Voyager... Uh, we're kind of at that point, so mm -hmm. um, 
information about the symbiotes is becoming more and more known. Okay. Uh, particularly based on the things that are occurring on DS9 right mm-hmm. now. Um, the uh, Troll Commission is still trying to keep things on the DL. Uh, however, your prime timeline, um, the prime timeline version of you was somewhat successful in disseminating information about the actual wider reaching implications of symbiotes and, and mm-hmm. how they connect to people. Um, the information about uh, your prime timeline self is actually very heartening to you. Um, she went on to become a, a master engineer, was widely responsible for a lot of the technology used in Voyager um, and uh, other intrepid style ships. Just sort of love of exploration and engineering led you to find some some truly inventive technologies that were not only efficient, but also really, you sort of, you melded the reason for science with the practicality of science. So the good news is that your prime timeline self truly accomplished what you'd set out to do. The bad news for you now is it's been accomplished. So she's currently um, in uh, sort of- You might say, I'm redundant. (laughs) I might. Just maybe. Um, so she is currently um, positioned sort of uh, in this, the central core of planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now she mostly consults on... Uh, is she, am I still Emery in the prime timeline? Yes, yes. Oh, the, cool. uh, the symbiote has not changed toasts. Mixed feelings about that. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be the subtitle of this episode. <laughs> I'd like to think you say that out loud. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah. speaking of, speaking of history... Um, Dr. Bart, uh, you've returned to your quarters. Uh, you feel like you've done some good for, do- for uh, Captain Anders, uh, but now it's time to kind of look back into your own past. Um, you search uh, similar to uh, what your shipmate is actually doing in her quarters just a few rooms away. Mm-hmm. You look through uh, Memory Alpha to try and find out uh, what's happened to you, and you actually find it's, it's not difficult to find information about yourself, but there isn't in the same way that when Emery looked it up, there was a lot of almost like the equivalent of uh, space Wikipedia where it was just like, Hey, this is this person. Here's all the great things she's done. Right. Um, for you instead, you find thing, you find papers, you find some dissertations, you find some, uh, minor, um, accolades. Uh, but it seems that, um, after Sims betrayal and his ability to help enact a cure, um, aboard the station, um, that you never really recovered from, the loss of scientific recognition. I think almost um, uh, Walter White, Breaking Bad level of just, I, I had a chance to really oh, be part of something. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's great that it was cured. The difference is you don't have the same level of bitterness. Mm. It was just your your prime timeline self seemed to kind of resign himself to being a mid-level doctor. Mm. And uh, as such, you um, actually uh, sort of retired back to Earth to um, teach at Starfleet Academy uh, you were generally regarded as a very good teacher. You lived a good life, uh, lived to sort of a healthy age, mm. and died of natural causes. Okay. On the one hand, when you found out you were dead, you were worried that your your story was a tragic one and mm. that there had been some cataclysm or something horrible had happened. Instead, you're surprised to find that all that really happened was nothing, and your prime timeline self actually led a fairly benign, not certainly not bad, but mm. also not spectacular and adventuresome life. Okay. Uh, he stopped serving on starships soon after um, the USS Moonhammer came through its ordeal. Uh, you see him on record in equal parts because largely due to the ineptitude of uh, Captain Anders, 
uh, there were high casualty rates on the ship for away missions and various things. And eventually it seemed he just decided he'd rather help other people perfect their medicine than watch the fruits of his labor come to nothing as more and more people continue to die aboard the ship. So your last posting, or your prime timeline self's last posting, was the Moonhammer, okay. just before Anders was stripped of command. Okay. Um, I think after reading that and kind of thinking for a little bit and sort of just reflecting on a life lived, um, Dr. Bartosh Karai kind of smacks his hands together, rubs him, and says, well... Not too many people get a second chance. Let's try something a little more exciting this time. And I think I start scrolling through um, the types of like types of medical procedures that are needed most often for uh, injured crew on dangerous missions um, to brush up on those kinds of things, um, and also uh, diseases and illnesses encountered on like frontier planets and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and that's I just kind of I start to like while away the hours learning and getting caught up on so much time that I've missed in medical advances. Awesome. And I think um, unlike Emery, rather than getting that sense of existential dread for you, this does feel like a fresh start and it does feel like a universe of opportunities. And you're reminded as you sort of start to think about these things that even though your prime self died, all of your other compatriots have a prime self running around in this galaxy and you are the only Dr. Bartosh. There's only one Dr. Bart. <laughs> so... Uh, speaking of uh, reflecting on yourself and your place in the universe, mm-hmm. uh, Emery Tor, back in your quarters, um, you've kind of hit this this sort of weird existential dread, uh, realizing that you've accomplished everything you set out to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think you're doing? Um, so uh, I don't really know how to how to deal with these feelings at the moment. So um, I, I think I'm just gonna try to push it back and just bury myself and and work and and just. Uh, and just try to repair the replicators because I know we we got to get those up and running and uh, might as well just do it now. Okay, so you head to the engineering bay. Uh, it's dark. You can tell that the engineering crews for the day have switched over to their work on the Mopal. Uh, you walk in. The uh, engineering bay is dark and you can sort of see the redundancy um, in, like it's an interior dock ahead mm-hmm. of you. Um, and you walk through the ship and it feels a bit different. Um, already you can tell there are some different systems. The look is starting to change. But even though it doesn't look entirely like the ship you remember, this is the first time that the redundancy has been your ship. Mm. The Moonhammer was someone else's. This one's yours. So you gather up some tools and you begin to work on the replicators. So I'm going to make this a control and engineering check with a difficulty of two. Um, you do have a focus in replicator technology. So I absolutely do. anything you roll under your engineering uh, will work. So go okay. ahead and roll those. Okay, so I got a 14 and a 7. I needed 15, so two Fantastic. passes. Two successes. Yep. Um, so you're, what you find is that these new tools are actually great. Uh, and as you begin to work on the replicators, even though you're sort of filled with this, this horror about what you're going to do in this new universe, there's also just sort of a kernel of excitement because you start to realize that you can accomplish great things with this new technology. And uh, the maybe, first thing... Maybe, maybe even more than the other Emery. Who knows? And uh, with the replicator up and running, what's the first thing you replicate? Um, first thing I, first thing I replicate is another data pad, specifically for Spork. All right. Because you know what, I feel like, I feel like we're gonna be on the wrong foot, or we're gonna be on different feet. Whatever, a lot. 
I'm just getting that sense. So I'm just going to put out this gesture here. Maybe it'll help. <laughs> Great. So I think in your head, you've got this and you're like, yeah, I'll just swing by Spork's quarters where he's no doubt yeah. sitting calmly and give it to him. <laughs> Little do you know that meanwhile, back in Garvo's, the uh, the Klingon is rushing at you with his fist up. Uh, you, you're... Your muscles are less tense. You're spry. Um, also, uh, I don't think you've ever gotten the the opportunity to uh, to fist fight a Klingon before. What do you do? I note that this will prove educational. I keep my palms open. I will be using knife like strikes of my hands to both evade and deflect his attacks. I charge in turn, remaining silent like a true predator. All right. So um, we're gonna roll opposed checks to each other. Excellent. I spend a point of momentum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, daring Jesus and security. Christ. You know what? I'm going to spend a point of threat. <laughs> As it should be. Just, just in the spirit of the if kind this, of comedy if, show we're trying to do, I, I really want this Klingon to just punch you in the fucking face. I'm just like, like my palms are open and I anticipate all of his moves and, and just like <laughs> he breaks your nose. Just to be clear. For hand-to-hand combat, would it not be fitness and security? Uh, no, because melee strikes are daring. Interesting. <laughs> so sayeth the art of war by Sun Tzu. <laughs> I believe I still have the advantage. I always have this belief. <laughs> oh. I achieve two successes. I achieve three. Uh, so to Tyler's hopes and dreams, uh, the uh, the Klingon rushes forward, and uh, even though you you move like the water and uh, throw strikes, he uh, he evades them and just clocks you straight in your perfectly chiseled face. All this will of course be non lethal because you're just bar brawling. Um, so what is your resistance? Other than futile. (laughs) (laughs) How does does one calculate their own resistance? Uh, It should be listed on... If you have armor, it should be listed there. Otherwise, it's cover. So if it's zero, that's... I am wearing a Starfleet uniform. It is made of a soft fabric. I have criticized this fact often, and I'm disappointed to see this has not been improved in the future. For what it's worth, Spork's true armor is his muscles. That is true. As well as talent, skill, and guile. (laughs) And his goatee. So uh, I get uh, three. Good God! Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I rolled uh, three on my challenge dice. Two of them are with effect. So I'm going to say that um, he will deal you three points of stress. Uh, he's going to knock you down, and I think he's going to rip your new Starfleet uniform. Kirk style. <laughs> Clothes are nothing. I wear armor. I disagree. Uh, cut to Cobalt. Um, you've just successfully hacked into uh, the drinks order data pad. And I think you kind of turn to give it to Spork so he can do his thing. And then all of a sudden you see him just get clocked in the face, knocked down, a Klingon standing over him, ripping his shirt. Okay. <laughs> I look back at her and wink. <laughs> <laughs> the Klingon sees him do it, doesn't want to be one-upped, does the same thing. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's somehow worse. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I I put the data pad uh, maybe with one hand behind my back, and I run over go, oh, God, oh, God. Um, I'm so sorry, uh, sir. Uh, my, my friend didn't just... 
you know, slipped out of his hand. The glass just, just fell out. You know how, how Vulcans are. Um, <laughs> I apologize. They are uh, known for their slippery the, hands def- and slippery morals. <laughs> sure. So, um, we need to that get is racist we- because it is inaccurate. <laughs> I don't see race. I only see dumb Vulcans getting punched. <laughs> So I, I kind of close up his shirt a little bit. I'm like, all right, Spork, I think, uh, why, don't, why don't we get back and have a drink back in your quarters? I push her away from me. I strip the remainder of my shirt off. I look at the Klingon oh, and no. say, pain is an education. And I attack him again. Then you must have a PhD. Um, so. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, let's do it. Two successes. Uh, I have one success. So you you successfully managed to... Uh, I evade under the same move. He thought himself superior, but I will teach him. Pain is an education, and I intend to take him to the Vulcan University. <laughs> <laughs> How many dice do I roll? <laughs> Michael Burnham may have been the first human to attend the Vulcan Science Academy, but this asshole is about to become the first Klingon to do so. I agree with the sentiment, but technically he is not an asshole. He just has one. Fair enough. I also, this is just internal dialogue in your head because there's no GM here. Great. Uh, so roll. Um, my unarmed damage is two dice plus my security rating, meaning this comes to a total of. Effect? One plus effect, yep. Uh, six plus an effect. I duck and weave under his blows. I don't know what the effect is yet, but I, I'm ready to sell it. Let's Vulcan. <laughs> Floats like a butterfly and stings like a hooklah, which is a Klingon bee. Um, he, uh, you, you manage to get past his uh, his windmilling fists, and uh, what do you do? Uh, the effect will be uh, well. You, you're on your back, so let's say the effect is that you do a, a, a spring up, so you go from being prone to being like. Back up and ready to rock and roll. I like this because that means I ripped my shirt off and threatened him while laying on the ground. <laughs> then I kip up, swing under his blows, uh, and with an extended knife strike, tag him in the throat. Uh, not, so, not hard enough to kill. I have no interest <laughs> in that. But enough to stagger him. So he, he grabs his throat and you did, I'm sorry, six points of damage? Six, yes. So he, he grabs his, his uh, throat and you can hear um, everyone the other Klingons at the table behind him are, are cheering and they're having a great time like they're really enjoying this and he kind of stumbles back holding his throat and uh, the, the one who is kind of uh, leading the, the don't do this turns to him and says you see I told you not to mess with the Grand Admiral and he shoves him down into his seat and he sort of stands up and it opens his arms very uh, grandly and he says um, friend Vulcan you fight well you and I we will get along. I concur. This podcast is supported by Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. RVs are for sharing adventures with family, friends, and even your pets. So if you bring your cats and dogs along for the ride, you'll want Progressive RV insurance. They protect your cats and dogs like family by offering up to $1,000 in optional coverage for vet bills in case of an RV accident, making it a great companion for the responsible pet owner who loves to travel. See Progressive's other benefits and more when you quote RV insurance at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet injury is an additional coverage and subject to policy terms. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. This is Laura here. I'm not totally sure what to say because Ryan is making me do this because I'm sitting here and we're about to record. But if you want to help to join in and possibly mess me up, uh, you can throw some fun into the mix at patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice and join our community. Have a say in what happens in the show and a bunch of other stuff. So come check it out and make my life better or worse. Who knows? So he uh, he goes over and he, uh, he sort of grabs a, a the bottle of wine off the table, shoves his other Klingons out of the way. They're all cheering. Uh, he pours a glass for you, pours a glass for him, uh, and uh, he holds up uh, a glass and he says, "I am Captain Akul, and it is a pleasure to meet you, sir. I am the future first officer of the USS Moonhammer. My name is Lieutenant Junior Grade Spork." Ah! <laughs> oh, if you only knew! And he like cheers you and he drinks his drink. I drink mine as well, at the same speed, but slightly faster. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Cobalt, um, <laughs> it would seem that Spork's made a friend. Great, the great distraction, Spork. That was, that was great. I build alliances. Uh, so, Spork, what? I'm going to give you a new uh, talent. No, sorry, a new focus. Uh, it is going to be called Friend of Klingons. Excellent. You're not sure why, but Klingons seem to really like you. I know of their culture in the form of text, but it speaks to me in my heart. If I were to have a heart, as it is described to me by others. Uh, so, Cobalt, what do you do? Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, uh, while, while Spork's uh, enjoying uh, drinks with his new friends, I pull him aside and go, so are we still doing this? data pad thing or uh i thought the wink made it clear <laughs> you're i am really misunderstanding these winks please go into the data pad and collect the data i have formed a temporary alliance i believe it will hold however should it not we require this information okay <laughs> so i'm gonna go into the data pad yep. maybe at the bar with a second drink um and and see what i can get out of there so um, inside the data pad, you can see that it's, I mean, I, I think the best way to think of data pads in the Trekverse is just like a regular iPad. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of go into it and you can see it's been preloaded with sort of a point of sales system, which is where um, Garbo's got all of his drinks listed. Um, you can see where shipments are listed for bringing in more supplies. Um, all the shipments seem to be bar related things. Mm -hmm. um, however, he does seem to also get shipments of sort of random kitsch. Uh, to set up in and around the bar. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's certainly a, a lot of that. 
Um, you also get personnel records um, for staff at the bar. You can see that a number of people have been fired over the past year and a bit. Mm. Um, and now currently the only two employees uh, listed are uh, Garvo and, quote, quote, The Doc. The, sorry? The what? The Doc. D-O-C. The doc. Okay. Um, however, only Garvo is receiving a paycheck. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I want to look more into this The Doc then. Uh, can you roll me a control and um, science, please? Control, science. Or, sorry, engineering. Give me engineering on that. Control and Or I'd give you daring and engineering. Okay. Daring and engineering it is. So rather than just kind of cleanly going through it, you're just going to like... Oh, well, that's two fails. Two fails? Yep. Um, so, uh, you try some, uh, some sort of backdoor hacks that you read about, uh, <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, since you're only really proficient in old school, old school technology, <laughs> you press a couple buttons and literally it's like, I heard there was a security exploit in windows two. <laughs> ah? uh, and the pad immediately shuts down and the, uh, the bartender turns around and he says, I'm sorry, you can't access other functions on the pads. And he comes over and he takes it. Shit. <laughs> and he takes it behind the bar and he pulls out a fresh one. Puts it on the bar. Says, Hi, didn't see you there. Can I get you a drink? <laughs> I say, I need a pad to order along with my new Klingon friends. I give Cobalt the pad. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> oh um, so, uh, Cobalt, uh, do you attempt to hack this one as well? Um, I want to maybe go sit down with the Klingons and see if I can get some information out of them instead, because I don't want to do attack this pad again. Great. You get the sense that doing the same task again <laughs> yeah. would not result in anything. Yeah. Uh, great. So, um, you just want to go over and sit with the Klingons and... Yeah, well, I, if they come here and drink uh, frequently enough, I assume they'd be talking to Garvo at some point, or they might know a rumor that's going on. So sure. Yeah. So uh, you go and sit with the Klingons. Um, at first, they're they're not uh, they're they're totally down with Spork, yeah. um, but they're not really sure about you. So far, all they've seen is you try to break up the thing they wanted to have happen the most, which was a fight. Um, the guy who fought Spork, um, you can see, is. Uh, he kind of comes back in and he's not wearing a shirt anymore. And he goes over and he hands his Klingon armor to Spork. Says, the captain has told me that you have won my clothes since I destroyed yours. I take this gift with deference. At the same time, I draw my phaser and give it to him, saying, I honor you. I respect you. But clearly, if you come at me, you will need this. And uh, he kind of takes and he's like, one can never have too many guns. And he sticks it in his belt with his knife and he, he kind of like embraces you heartily in a drunken Klingon hug and then he goes to order drinks. Um, so uh, you go, uh, Cobalt, and uh, sit with the Klingons. Um, however, they're not really sure about you. So I'm going to need gonna need you to convince them. Uh, so I think this is either going to be presence or daring. And command, please. So if it's presence, this is you sitting down, trying to talk your way into this. If it's daring, you're going to try and drink one of them under the table. I I think I can drink them under the table. All right. We're going to go for that one. Uh, so I'm going to give you a difficulty of one. Okay. So it was daring and command, right? Yep. 
two fails. <laughs> so um, in your time, uh, you drank a lot of things that were Federation approved. Yeah. Uh, Klingon blood wine was not one of those beverages. It was under embargo. Sure. So you uh, you just crack into that and um, you uh, you raise your glass to them and you yell something you think is Klingon <laughs> and you slam it back and it is the most vile thing you have ever tasted. You feel like you could get a taste for it, but you're going to have to really work the palate a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of choke and sputter and they all start laughing uproariously because um, this is the second time you've failed in their eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you speak Klingon? No. Okay. Uh, Spork, do you speak Klingon? No. So one of them yells something, and they all start repeating it, kind of pointing at Cobalt, and uh, the captain uh, turns to you, Spork, says, They are calling her the clown. They like oh. her. Excellent. From her behavior today, I believe that title is accurate. Spork! (laughs) You're not doing well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, the uh, the night drags on, um, and uh, Spork, again, you found sort of an unexpected friend in uh, Captain Akul. However, he gets a message on his comm that uh, work is not going as as fast. One of his lieutenants is telling him that work is not... uh, proceeding on the Mupal as fast as he would like. So he storms off in a fury. Like, all the drunken mirth just drops away from him, and you can tell it's just it's go time. So he he storms out, um, but the rest of his uh, his companions are still sitting around and drinking. Um, they, uh, Cobalt, you find you can't get any information. They, they like you and they tolerate you, but they really are treating you like a clown mm-hmm. now. So on the one hand... You're in, and you can try and eavesdrop. On the other mm-hmm. hand, you can't really ask them anything because they're they're they, they're treating you like a child now. Okay, so I kind of pull Spork aside and say, "Look, I'm not going to get anywhere with these guys, but maybe you could kind of pull one of them aside and and see if they can give you some information on Garvo." Excellent. Continue your antics. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. They appreciate it for a reason I do not understand. So, okay. Spork, how are you going to try and find out information about Garvo? I will speak to them both directly and plainly. These are warriors. They will not respect anyone dancing around the truth. I will also share stories of murders from my past. <laughs> so the, the, the Klingons <laughs> like both those things. You're a plain talker, and you're talking about murder, and you brought a clown. This is pretty great. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they just know Garvo as that guy with the ears who brings them drinks. Um, however, uh, one of them who does kind of have an eye to slightly more illicit trades says, uh, uh, friend warrior, I get the sense that you are looking for perhaps some, some advantages in the battles to come. One always does. One does. A smart one. Not like, which, which means the clown. Agreed. Uh, so what, what are you looking for? What do you need from Garvo? He's not exactly an arms dealer. We have received unsatisfactory amounts of technical support. I understand you are struggling also in this regard, but we require replacement of several systems. We have been banned from the higher-ups because he finds both my talent and technical genius threatening. I can understand. I, too, have similar problems with Klingon High Command. Yes, I will eliminate him and take his post for my own. Through the political process of the Federation, but it will include as much violence as is possible. I like your style. You can and do fit in well in the Klingon Empire. Um, so he, uh, he basically passes you, um, some information. Um, it, Garvo, for a price, Garvo can smuggle things onto and off of Narandra. Um, he's obviously not there now, and the odds are you won't be getting Federation 
gear, but he can likely get upgrades and such things uh, if the price is right. And what currency does he prefer trade in? Um, exotic items, anything that can jazz up the place. Oddities. Understood. But knowing Garvo is both craven and weak, perhaps we could make a trade between our strong warrior peoples. You have already taken advantage of our interesting and unique tech seer. Bing bong. <laughs> and he, he just... He looks at you, and he's just so tired. Just hearing that name, just... He's, he shakes his head. He's like, yes, the station is full of oddities. I just like it. Agreed. Let us speed you through your repairs, and perhaps you could help us speed through ours. So he, he, he nods. That, that seems reasonable. He says, listen, I, I will uh, put you in touch with my engineer. Perhaps if you can assist in finishing the repairs according to our cool schedule, we might be able to help you out. I volunteer both myself and the clown. Now this I must see. <laughs> and he gets more, more drinks, and then he, uh, he takes you guys down to engineering. REI Co-op has everything for camping, glamping, scampering, and whatever they're doing. Campbell! Relaxing, axing, waxing. I'm sorry, what? REI waxes your skis, man. Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay. Biking. Hiking, and whatever outdoor thing rhymes with hiking. You get it. REI Co-op is the place for gear, clothing, classes, and advice. For the million and one ways to opt outside. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with LinkedIn Sales Navigator, the first deep sales platform. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com solutions. That's linkedin.com solutions. This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. Powerful yet smooth. Contained but never tame. Proudly going their own way, but never going alone. This is the spirit inside Buffalo Trace Bourbon. Made at Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery. Buffalo Trace is always perfectly untamed. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace Distillery, Franklin County, Kentucky. 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. Learn more at buffalotracedistillery.com. Please drink responsibly. So um, in the engineering bay, um, basically uh, the Federation crew as well as the Klingon crews are all working to get uh, the Mapul back up and running. Uh, so I'm going to let you both roll a check to try and get some systems back online. Um, for you, Spork, I'm going to say you're probably looking at control and security. Um, and Cobalt, I'm going to say you're looking at uh, reason or control and science. However, I am going to add a trait to this check for you. Uh, since you've been drinking... Unknown liquor, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to make yep. you difficulty three. Understood, okay. It is a pleasure to work on a ship that is designed solely for warfare. We have so many unnecessary subsystems. <laughs> I'm going to make your uh, difficulty one. I achieved two successes. Yep. Uh, two six or three successes, actually. Oh, nope. yeah. or you only get to two dice or four dice? She just gets two, right? Two dice. 
They were they, they were, were oh two successes, but they were both they under were your all amount. under everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great four and a three. Yeah. She's killing it. Excellent. So um, <laughs> we have achieved a grand total it's of bit, six successes. I'm clearly more competent when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to note that on my focuses. <laughs> yeah. So Cobalt, I think um, you kind of stumble in, and um, there's like a couple of Federation uh, engineers who are arguing over how to get a science system back up and it's just one of those classic drunk swagger things where it's like, all right, just, 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 just get out, just get out of my way. Um, and you're, they're incredibly surprised to find that, uh, you've completely rewired, uh, the issue and fixed it. Um, the Klingons now look on you much more favorably, uh, particularly Akul who says, this, this is efficiency. Thank you, clown. Yeah. Or should I say, Lieutenant Clown. Uh, yeah, you you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I um, make a note for my own personal records that Lieutenant Cobalt responds well to direct criticism. Uh, and um, Spork, uh, it's it's less that you actually have any of the appropriate technical know-how to improve this, and more that your love of how efficiently murdery these things are just gets you so excited that you're suggesting, of course, in a complete monotone, uh, things they hadn't thought of. Um, and uh, Captain Akul is also impressed at how few shits you give about the other Federation officers who he finds wildly inefficient. Um, so uh, he, he thanks you, and then uh, your contact from the bar comes over, and he's like, I, you, you both work very quickly. And you see Bing Bong kind of like run by flicking switches in the background, and Akul's like, what are those switches? And he goes and starts <laughs> ripping them off the wall. You um, should leave those. It will lessen his efficiency should they be removed. Oh, inefficiency is intolerable. That's a value of mine. <laughs> it sticks it back on the wall. Remove them at the end of the process. They will not affect any I other systems. I will launch them out the airlock myself. Um, so uh, your contact comes back over, and basically what he's been able to uh, negotiate with his engineer is uh, they will give you... They'll give you the means to um, fix your broken helm Excellent. Panel. It'll yeah. be a bit ramshackled, but it'll operate. It'll be MacGyvered together, but it's it's enough of the boards and pieces and circuits that you'll be able to uh, remove the disadvantage you would have had. Um, <laughs> we did it. We did that, it. That is correct. Excellent work. Here. Meanwhile, <laughs> back in uh, Captain Anders' chambers as uh, the, the sort of week comes to a close, he... He looks at his made bed and he says, you did it. You really did it. <laughs> uh, so having successfully um, made his bed. <laughs> retrofitted uh, the ship, um, you feel that uh, the redundancy is now in much better shape. Uh, you're still down one shuttle and your computer system is still... Oh, no, you upgraded your computer system. So oh, yeah, you're, the, uh, the redundancy is now in fighting form. Um, yeah, we're just down a shuttle, right? Because you repaired the replicators? Yeah. yeah. So you're just down a shuttle. Otherwise, all the other... What about our helm? Oh, and the That sick, was the what bay? we just got fixed. Oh, sorry. sorry we got sorry, the med bay fixed at the beginning. Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, we, sorry, everything, yeah. we're just down a shuttle. Yeah. So the, in yeah. general, like the ship is still in rough shape, but it's now in operational rough shape. Right. So okay. you, went, you went from being gutted to Millennium Falcon level of broken, where you still might have to punch consoles every so often, but yeah. generally speaking... There's still asbestos on this ship. Like yeah, we haven't 100%. fully completely yeah. upgraded. No, no, okay, and there's yeah. still like bits of Anders on the floor that you don't talk about and oh. he hasn't asked about. Um, In and memoriam. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, various weird, weird things around. But uh, no, you feel you're feeling pretty good about the ship. Um, so the order comes through uh, from 
Starfleet command uh, by way of Sims, who just sends it sort of dismissively to Anders. Um, and uh, Anders informs you all that uh, the maiden voyage of the USS Redundancy will be assisting the Mopal in the uh, convoy of bringing uh, much-needed supplies to a distant outpost that's in deep space um, in the Shackleton Expanse. So you've got eight um, resupply vessels uh, that you'll be escorting. Um, Captain Akul has actually expressed uh, excitement that he'll be working alongside... Um, the ship having had very positive interactions with members of its crew. Uh, Anders is very surprised. He was fully expecting this to be a, a fight. Um, and he said that Captain Akul only brought up his terrible record once. And he's like, and that is very good news. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, the redundancy is ready to go. Is there anything else you want to do on Narendra before you set out? Uh, this is the day that you'll be setting out. I think you've pretty much hit all the things that you all collectively want to do, yeah? I believe we have achieved our goals, yes. Yeah. Excellent. So um, you all um, come into the engineering bay. Bing Bong greets you. What's up? (laughs) And uh, his excitement rubs off on all of you in its own way because uh, before you is uh, still slightly patchwork, still a little bit of rough around the edges, but uh, it's your ship and uh, you're going to have great adventures on it. So you all board the uh, USS Redundancy um, Anders uh, sort of sits or stands rather and takes a, a really like hard haunted look at the captain's chair and then just kind of rather than sitting in it leans, you know, like people like grab the back of a chair and lean. Uh, you get the sense that he might not be ready, might not be fully ready for that chair yet. Um, and he uh, he looks with sort of a haunted look at the the hybrid helm panel and kind of just nods to himself. So uh, you come up onto. Uh, the ship, there's a number of new crew members on board. Uh, the beautiful thing about Star Trek Adventures is that you can generate new crew members as needed. Uh, you would have had one less you could generate if the replicators hadn't been working. So that's great because now yeah. you can operate at your full crew contingent. Nice. Um, so currently on board, um, Captain Anders, uh, Dr. Bartosh Karai, uh, Spork, Head of Security, Elizabeth Cobalt, Science, Emery Tor, Engineering, Bing Bong, Engineering, um, a, uh, you meet a sort of um, a uh, pensive-looking Andorian. So Andorians being the, mm. uh, the blue-skinned uh, species with the, the sort of the head Antenna? antennae, white hair. Um, he's got his white hair kind of pulled back into a top knot. Uh, and he comes on board with um, sort of a number of books in one arm and uh, a data pad kind of bounced on top. And he introduces himself as uh, Garen Hale who is going to be ship's historian. So essentially, since all of you are people out of time, um, Starfleet Command thought it would be prudent to put someone on board who has knowledge of Starfleet history to this point, but also to kind of chronicle the adventures of um, the USS Redundancy, since this truly is a scientific oddity that the ship exists at all. Um, He seems very pleasant, um, but a little withdrawn. Uh, You get the sense he's almost like an embedded reporter. So someone who uh, is both part of the crew and apart from the crew. Um, also, um, Anders uh, announces that um, there are apparently are, are two additions to the crew. Uh, there are two additions to the crew who also came through with you. Um, that uh, medical on Narandra has decided they can't do anything with, so they've reassigned them to the redundancy. And those are, of course, our ill-fated doctors from the OAT mission, uh, both of whom suffered from the devolutionary effects 
uh, mm-hmm. of Xerxes and were not healed as the only cure was used on um, Emery Tor. So you now have uh, the f- formerly known as Dr. Ship is now the ship's chef, Dr. Chef. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who is uh, a Neanderthal who will be operating <laughs> out of uh, out of um, your sort of tent forward. And um, Spork, you see that uh, the um, her husband, who is the first infected, has become a, in, indeed a mighty physical specimen. Uh, and so you claim him for your um, security team. Uh, and given the size of his fists now, you've uh, decided to call him Knuckles. Oh, my God. <laughs> So um, the redundancy has a crew of 20. Uh, so we have eight accounted for because Hale does not count as a crew member since he has a separate job. Uh, so there are still 12 members that we have yet to meet, and we'll meet them as our adventures continue. So with your orders in place um, and with uh, the USS redundancy ready for its maiden voyage, um, Captain Anders leaning against the back of the chair kind of looks to all of you, sort of reaches deep inside himself and says... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, assuming that means go, um, the uh, the ship, the helmsman uh, takes the ship up to Impulse, and you move out of Narendra Station into space, and thus begin the voyages of the USS Redundancy. Our Star Trek Adventures one-shot features our GM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. Players Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. Laura Elizabeth at EL Hamstring on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. And the mysterious Kristen, who don't need no help with Twitter traffic. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker. That's M-R-K-R on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that subscribe button and show your love to One Shots. DJ One Shots out of here. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.